0: what's up everybody welcome back to the run your mouth podcast we are here with a full episode of information not one of those shitty episodes where we don't have anything but we still go live just to meander a whole bunch that's not what we're doing today today we're getting in it with the biggest and hottest topics how the biden administration has secretly taken over the cia whether or not hunter biden's going to be going to jail if we're even going to have honest elections the next time we're going full-scale sur- full conservative media. Have you guys seen the amount of money that these people are making in conservative media? the fuck am I doing trying to be a libertarian? Let's let's print those dollars. I heard Tucker Carlson's leaving Fox. So, hey, executive of Fox, if you need a new... Per- how How is it that the one person who I think didn't get in trouble for the $965 million Dominion lawsuit is the one that they're dropping from the roster? How does that make sense? Man, the powers that be really didn't like that January 6th footage coming out. Uh, he got one guy let out of jail, and, you know, the powers that be, they they can't have shamans on the loose. Those shamans, that's what's going to prevent the pedophilia. You can't be letting these people with shamanic powers out of jail early. And and who knows what would have happened if they let the rest of the January 6 people out of jail. I mean, what we need to do is get everybody on board convincing the rest of the world that Ray Epps, who's actually secretly Bigfoot, is a good guy. But everyone else from January 6th still needs to be in jail cells. That's what we're doing from now on. We're not we're not we're not taking we're, we're not taking time meandering on bullshit topics about hanging out in cities, mistakenly drinking Budweiser's, inhabiting the spirit of gayness and then being unable to get laid. We're done with that. We we're, we're just going to hop right into topics. But before we do, everybody, the season of porches is, is upon us. I know I haven't responded to your emails but I, I've got maps. I've got drawings. I've got Charlie Day-style lines going back and forth between cities and states. I've got routes. I've i put things together. This gonna be the most epic summer porch tour that's ever happened. Brace yourself. Get yourself your sheaths. You don't want to be having floppy nuts trying to follow the summer porch tour. Is somebody out there ready to do that yet? Are we at Are we at uh, the scale yet, where somebody has the wealth and resources to Grateful Dead this and follow summer porch tour beginning to finish? because that's when I know that, that we're good is the day I show up and there's someone outside of a summer porch tour show trying to sell grill, grilled cheese sandwiches, just so that they can get themselves a ticket. <laughs> uh, you got to dream people. You got to have a vision board, which includes dirty hippie people that can't afford a ticket to your 15 to $20 backyard show. That's bring your own beer. All right, let's move on. Cause we do have topics and, uh, The first thing that I want to get into is, uh, you know, not often is the internet all up in a roar and a stink, have their panty in a bunch and things stuffed in their anus over cake. And when people get all excited about cake, I'm like, this is a topic I'm qualified to handle. And so there was this big uproar on TikTok, which by the way, I need to get myself like a TikTok intern over here, um, because I'd like to, uh, maybe as a part of some report store, I would like to do real TikTok journalism, maybe become make myself 2023's TikTok judge of America, where when you have these little spits and spats between consumers and businesses, I'll put on, I'll don my, my judgeness, I'll get my giant gavel, and I will show up to these businesses and issue a ruling. Uh, so this story is so quintessential for everything that's the, that you got to know if you're trying to get into news analysis in 2023 i feel like this story is the perfect paradigm uh for the problem with coverage of everything so we have got a spat in regards to an overly expensive cake someone went out they bought themselves an 86 dollars cake and they were displeased with the 86 dollars cake and so they decided to post about it on social media and first is where this is just like every other news story and this is just the part, is that you can't find the original source material. I go, "Okay, I'd like to see a picture of this cake. I'd like to see the actual comments made by this lady. I'd like to make this to see the responses made by that lady. I'd like to do my own homework and research this for myself." But even on topics as unimportant but as important to me as whether or not a cake was v- worthy of $86. And if someone's complaint over an $86 cake was too much when they went to the internet, cause I'm all a- I'm all for shouting out the evil and horrible corporations. Was this big cake hiring a lady, just going after some sort of a neighborhood bakery. Was this the people of, uh, of, uh, of little Debbie's cream pies going, Hey, we're not moving enough cream pies. All the cake money's going into these local bakeries. I'm on to these people. Anyways. 40 minutes of research. I couldn't find the original Facebook by the uh, complaining party. And uh, I I just, I'm amused that even when it comes to cake topics, we seem to have internet censorship that you can't find all the, don't tell me I'm not, don't tell me I'm lazy. Don't tell me I'm unintelligent. Don't tell me I'm not good at doing internet research. You can tell me I don't understand TikTok because I'm old and I've never used it. That I'd be okay with. But let's delve into this cake story because not only was this representative of every other news story and that it's tough to find the uh, actual source material and you're just getting everybody's spin, but it showcases how every single other person on the planet does faulty analysis of every issues, all the way from COVID to Russia to issues as simplistic as cake. No one other than me can see through this and actually make good rulings, which is why if you're out there, television network people, I would like to become the TikTok judge of America because after being so incredibly right over so many political topics that not all that many people tuned in for or cared about, I feel like I could have my biggest impact of common sense and rationality in terms of handling people's issues on topics as germane as cake analysis. And once people have my incredible skills of analysis and reason, maybe they'll be able to apply it to even bigger issues and then the world will be a better place but here's what's so backwards about the entire internet's cake analysis in 2023. We've got pictures of cakes. We've got people complaining about cakes and not one person has thought to ask about the delicious quality of this cake. The last I checked, I lived in a country where cake is supposed to be delicious. I mean, I understand that you want a pretty cake. That's also delicious, but don't you want a delicious cake? Even if it's not pretty I mean, I understand maybe the sprinkles didn't have perfect application, but did you cut, cut into this thing, take one bite, and magically all of your problems just dissipated? Was it like sweet heroin into your veins where you suddenly felt a glow and a warmth and you remembered, oh, right, this is why I'm fat. Oh, right, when I take one bite of this delicious buttery uh, cake of multiple colors, I forget about it all. I sink into my couch and I think I'd like to eat myself another piece of that cake. How can you have true cake analysis by all of these other multiple media institutions. And I'm the only one who wants to see an actual picture of the deliciousness. And then even in this case, yeah, by the way, th- th- that's the problem with our world. I feel like everything is no longer its intended purpose. Like cake is intended to be delicious. I understand it can be beautiful too, but the point of the thing is to be delicious. The main point of the thing is not to look all pretty and beautiful. You can get flowers for that bullshit. That was like recently when I was out at Skankfest. Uh, one of these hotels had this fancy-ass pool, and I was like, great, I like swimming. I'll go swimming in this fancy-ass pool, except they built a fancy-ass pool that wasn't intended for swimming. It was a no-swimming pool. All right, I just wanted to check for a second and make sure that uh, we had audio, because I wasn't looking at the comments, and I feel like I'm rolling here, and we've had that before, where I was on an epic tear, and we realized that there was zero audio of it whatsoever. All right, so anyways... I go up to this pool, and you're not even allowed to swim in this pool. All you're allowed to do is lounge around in the pool. Pools were intended for swimming in, and then they discovered that you could lounge at the pool, but that was supposed to be the secondary function of the pool. Are we gonna do this to gym soon? All of a sudden you start going to the gym and you wanna work out, and you just get women who are wearing hot, sexy fitness outfits, and they're just reading a book on the bench press, and then you actually feel like an asshole for actually trying to work out in the gym, even though that's the intended purpose of the gym. I mean, how many different items are we going to have that all of a sudden the intended purpose of the item is no longer the reason that it's being used for? All right, and now let's delve into the topic of an $86 cake. I don't understand why you're buying an $86 cake. I mean, that's got to be one hell of a really delicious cake. But don't go buying an $86 cake if you can't afford and be gracious about an $86 cake. You know what I mean? If you can't afford to eat in a fancy restaurant, don't go and eat a fancy restaurant. It seems to me like you were almost like, wait, that lady's charging how much for a cake? And then she decided that she was going to go prove that the cake wasn't worth 80s. Why you got to butt into someone else's business like that? Just don't support the business. And then they might realize that there's not demand for the product or other people will like it, but don't go and buy the thing just to pick a fight with them, which is what it seems to me was happening. You know why? Because... You're gonna tell me that you bought the 86 dollar cake and then you just complained about the frosting on the top and then with nothing afterwards and this is just one picture of the top of the cake I, i can't just go off your one picture on the top of the cake that cake might be so delicious that the fact that it doesn't have the most cleanly written happy birthday on the top sometimes the happy birthday on the top that is a last minute thing sometimes you got a perfectly constructed cake and it's annoying that some customer wants a customized happy birthday on it so you just slap that onto the top You know me, fancy bakeries? I've eaten a lot of fancy bakery cake in my day, and I've been to birthday parties, and I'll check out that cake before they cut into it. The lettering's not always perfect, and sometimes the lettering gets messed up in deliverability. There's nothing about this picture that presents to me as rock-solid evidence of the fact that you were handed a faulty cake, and the fact that you don't even want to address the deliciousness of this cake proves to me that you're obviously in the wrong because you never were even interested in that cake. All right, let's continue my cake investigations. Then this lady after the fact, which is hilarious. You got to be careful with this spiteful lady because then she went to make her own cake to prove what this cake should actually look like. Maybe she was always just trying to show off her cake skills from the bat. From the bat, She, she walked, marched into her town. She's like, who around this town's making the best baked goods? And then she was like, you know what? I'm going to challenge them to a TikTok duel. I'm going to get everyone on my side and I'm going to start selling cakes. But then i saw some of the messages back and forth between these people having their uh their brawl and it seems like the first person who made the cake trying to do good customer service being like i don't understand you borrowed cakes you ate them before this is the price you knew the price you didn't have a conversation with us about it seems like you're being a little bit ridiculous in what you're expecting of our cakes and then of course the lady responds well can't you see this once again with that one picture from a selective angle as if you're going to look at this and just instantly go yeah yeah that cake was a fucking trash bag and then of course everyone seems to side with this lady who's just posting this one selective uh, picture of a cake so here's what i propose um I have to get out of what's somewhat left of my day job which i'm very lucky to have and it's been great but i want to start doing real investigative news analysis get myself the rym van where i can muckrack, and when i see stories like this i can be the first one to get down there try these baked goods and give it a review because these cakes might be so delicious that even if the frosting's a little bit sloppy and the sprinkles are all over the place it's still worthwhile so if you're out there, maybe I'll start uh, doing the most valueless um, GoFundMe of all time, which is, we'll, we'll start the GoFundMe stupid bits. I think one grand. I think for a grand, I could probably get a flight, rent a car, do a review of this cake for everybody, and uh, don a uniform as a judge and give a ruling. And then maybe even buy a second cake that I smashed with the gavel, just to prove a point that whoever initially bought this case for $86 and uh, made a stink out of it, is uh both dumb and poor because don't buy an 86 dollars cake that's a ridiculous price tag for a cake but if you're buying an 86 dollars cake just eat it and enjoy it and know that you're an idiot for spending 86 dollars on a cake which i can't even give that ruling until i go and eat it I-, I mean maybe if you get your friends together instead of going out and being lonely and just eating whatever cake you're eating in the afternoon which in new york city let me tell you if you're going to be lonely and eat like good bakery cake late at night that's costing you eight or nine dollars a slice and obviously, you don't want anyone to know that you were doing that, because that's that that that's gross and reckless. But it could be if you actually had friends bankrolling an eighty-six dollar cake to not be lonely late at night and still enjoy cake might actually be a win. All right, let's take some comments. Let's see what everyone else has to say, because uh, these are the kind of news stories that I I, I want to be uh, I want to be covering on the show. Shauna Thornton, the Adderall shortage should be over by July, is what the doc is saying. Although now there's shortage on all other ADHD meds. Uh, Not sure what that has to do with my cake story. Um, I feel like Adderall, and actually Adderall can go with cake quite well. You just have to take enough of the wrong Adderall that you're anxious and really want to come down from it. Sometimes you take the right Adderalls and then you just got no appetite whatsoever, which is really nice if you want to kickstart a diet. Diet makes all sorts of diarrhea and uh, possibly shed a few pounds. But if you want to go the other way, and feel so anxious that you really get like that heroin knee, like, uh, you know, insulin drip from delicious cake. Um, sometimes the anxiety from taking too much or not the right kind of Adderall can really get that going. So Shauna, thank you for that valuable input. I work nights so technically my late night show. It's at 11 night for me. Not really sure what that's about. Forest mommy, Rob cake, detective supporting the cause. And everyone go to, I think it's Jessica As uh, Jessica's taking over for uh, city council, making sure people of Colorado can have their freedom and, you know, don't have to wear masks and do shots and all the other dumb shit. All right, one more comment. Then we're going on to the next uh, topic. Marion, Brandon, Adderall instead of sprinkles and Robbie's kick. That sounds like a good time. We could still do sprinkles and Adderall. Actually, Adderall in the the, – uh, the form with the, where it's got like the little pills on the inside. That's the way to do it. You get one of the extended releases and you get all different forms of the extended releases because it's got different colors on the inside. You open that up on some frosting. You got yourselves an Adderall cake, which does sound like a party. I feel like we can call it out. That, that's the best idea anyone's ever had Adderall cake party this season, summer porch tour, bring it. All right. What else we got up? Oh, uh, speaking of, uh, things that we can do to make the world a better place this was a, a big because we don't do real news here anymore. No, I'm kidding. We got some serious EV topics coming up later in the episode, along with uh, Bobby the Bank coming on the show with uh, his uh, business tips. But this one was making the rounds. And it was another thing that I didn't agree with the internet on. Everyone on the internet was taking one side. I was looking at it taking the other side. Let's give it a watch.
1: Okay. With a baby okay. in a goddamn okay. echo chamber, okay. and you want to talk to me about being fucking okay? Okay, okay because you're, you're yelling. So That's is crazy. the baby. Okay, so you're a man. Did that motherfucker pay extra to you? Oh, okay, no. So, oh, oh, up. fuck now. you and shut yeah, up. me now. Okay.
0: I don't give a fuck. You were, you were sitting no, there watching that motherfucking okay, baby cry for 45.
1: So, okay, baby. okay. That shit's...
0: I feel like this is me if I lived in a big black man's body and didn't have a filter because these are all the thoughts I'm having in my head, but I can't actually verbalize it. I feel like if somehow I could get a dude looked and sounded exactly like that, but was Brock Lesnar's size and then whatever thoughts I had just magically were filtered through them because I hate to break it to everyone. This guy is actually right now. I understand that we all put up with your stupid shitty kids when we're on airplanes, I get it, and it's become common etiquette that if someone's yelling and screaming on a plane, we all just accept it. The same way we all pretend like your dogs and kids are cute, there's a lot of things that exist in our daily normal life that because everyone's into it, we all just pretend like it's okay. But this guy's not actually wrong. I mean, let's say you live to age 65 years old, you had never been on a flight, you finally saved up for a vacation, you sat in a chair, and then you got some yelling, screaming kid I could see where you'd be like, what the fuck is going on here? You don't even go to restaurants and have people just with their kids yelling, screaming, running around. It kind of makes sense to be like, we're in a fucking echo chamber. You're just going to let that little brat of a shitty kid just yell into my fucking ears? Let's continue. I, I love this guy. I- if-, if someone could, maybe he wants to join us for this cake eating mission down in... Uh... I don't know if that was Kentucky or Tennessee. I would love to hang out with this fellow.
1: Well, it had nothing to okay. do with nothing. Are okay. Okay. Fuck, lower that baby's voice. An asshole. No, okay. He's an asshole. I think hey.
0: okay. All right, let's move on. We've got uh, um, Biden's actually uh, making an announcement. Uh, I don't know if he's formally made the announcement, but I look forward to it. We can basically expect him to get up there and go, I'm running for, uh, you know. Uh, the thing that, oh yeah, president. And as long as the drugs they give me keep working some of the time, hell, I feel good about this and someone needs to keep Hunter out of jail, which, uh, we're making some headway. It's interesting that at the same time, Joe Biden's getting out there and he goes, yep, I'm definitely in for this. We're finding out about the letter that Blinken sent to the CIA that finally, I mean, that's such a wild story. Oh my God, have you guys been following this? The Blinken CIA letter? Because very rarely do we get actually direct evidence of all the nonsense that we're yelling about. So if you were following the last election, which all of us were, right beforehand, you had this Hunter Biden laptop story comes out, they publish a, uh, a letter signed by 50 intelligence officials saying that it's got all the earmarks or classic whatever of, uh, of Russian intelligence information. Based on that, it gets taken down by uh, Twitter, Facebook. I believe Facebook. I know for sure Twitter. It gets taken down from uh, numerous locations. Uh, most of the media and news like don't even cover it in any capacity. And even the New York Post was censored uh, for the story. Turned out later that it was validated. It turns out that it was true. That was, in fact, Hunter Biden's laptop. All of the people that signed that letter later retracted it. But it was like, I mean, talk about internet censorship and things that would change an election. There was no basis to censor the story. It probably, I mean, I don't think Biden won by that huge of a metric. Um, I mean, think about if people had actually found out that there was possibilities of direct china collusion and just how disgusting his family practices were i mean talk about a juicy like by the way donald trump's a very good politician that somehow the clinton story which did change the last election of uh, oh look we've got this laptop and what was it that we have to look back on the benghazi thing i don't even remember what the laptop was about i only work in this space and comment on things all the time um and then uh, James Comey had to get on the news and go, "Yep, we do actually have this thing, and we're going to be opening up an investigation." Think about how many minds might have been changed in the last election if they had found out that uh, it was common known news that um, there was a laptop that um, it, the president's son is a crack addict um, and is has lucrative contracts. Like the whole storyline would have been scandalous, it would have been sensational. I mean, talk about the things that you would drop right before an election, that dirty story, could you have had a bigger bombshell? If Donald Trump was 100% outside of the election and you needed a Hail Mary pass, Tell me that wasn't a Hail Mary pass that could have won a person an election. And you know what they did? They do what they do now. I just said do do a whole bunch. Uh, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Uh, yeah, What they did was they scrapped it. They made the story disappear. We can't amplify what could be false information that could cost somebody in elections. They made a decision for all of us that we're just not allowed to know the information and they effectively scraped it. Right off the internet, all the way down to censoring the New York Post, and then we find out who actually kickstarted that. Well, I believe was it the old director of the CIA, or it was a high person on the CIA who kicked off that letter? Received a uh, call, or I guess a letter from Blinken. Blinken told him to do it. He admitted to it. Blinken, who's working on uh, Biden's campaign, uh, we've seen from him quite a few times now. I think he's now person the whole Ukraine shit. We've seen him quite a few times said, hey, we got a real problem with this uh, Hunter Biden story. We need to make it go away. And then people in our intelligence community remember, oh, well, members of our, as so many members of our intelligence community are saying that Trump's actually a Russian asset. Oh my God, look, Brennan, the old head of the CIA, he's on CNN every day saying that that guy must be actually treasonous and working for Russia. Well, if these are coming from uh, from the intelligence community, well, oh my God, then that must be correct. But how, does, how do things come from the intelligence community? Oh, because they actually want Biden to win, and so they just pen some letter, which why I keep talking about the Clear Authority Act, if someone in government's going to tell you you have to do something, they don't get to make Well, it might be. It could be. Well, we think. Well, maybe you're not allowed to work your job because of the thing that that other guy said. Under whose authority? Or are you telling me for sure what percentage, like, oh, it's got, like, even the statement that they made was anything that's a statement that you can easily just walk yourself back from. uh, Well, it it, it appears like it could be similar to the tactics that are used by an adversarial government. And because of the possibility that it could be similar to the tactics that they use, nobody can even know that this uh, exists in the world, even though I guess it's also possible that the crack addict did just leave it at his computer lab and that the family is actually filthy dirty and that this is highly re- um, relevant information to the voting public. But With all that being said, have you guys been seeing a lot of coverage of this, of the fact that our intelligence communities, the the people that need to be oh so respected and whatever they say is the most important public information that could possibly exist. And, and how could anybody, even people like me, be questioning the information that comes from intelligence officials? Well, it turns out that information's created when uh, the powers that be just send them a letter and they're like, hey, I need you to help us uh, cheat and win this election. And uh, here's the response of mainstream media to Biden running because uh, I think you could expect that with everything that's happened in the last couple of years, he's probably not that popular. Uh, what are some of the failures? Well. Seems like you got all the, hey, is the border crisis not a crisis? Uh, How many of us were forced to take vaccines that then turned out not to be all that useful? How many people are still uh, not quite adjusted back to life since all the mandates and other bullshit that existed through COVID that was all a mistake? Uh, We've got this Ukraine war. We've got people moving away from the US dollar. We've got all sorts of issues in the world. So not to mention the fact That this guy has dementia and he's going to run again but so how are how are the mainstream uh news sources responding to the fact that biden's going to run again new york times how democrats learned to cast aside reservations and embrace biden 2024 look they've already made the decision for all of you they've spoken to every single democrat they've walked into every single house they've pulled them and they've taken the temperature and everyone's excited about this I mean, even in the next couple lines, they kind of address that the president who's expected to formally announce his reelection campaign this week has won the full support of his party, despite questions about his age and middling approval ratings. There you go. Yeah, we, we admit those are issues, but everyone's. Like they, 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 This is their fucking game, is that they come at you with confidence to convince you. is the same as what they did with the vaccines. Hey, you're crazy if you're not getting this. And then we find out that there was only like 70% initial compliance. You're insane. You must be some conspiracy theorist. Oh, wait, you're, you're not on board with the guy with dementia? Everyone else has gotten on board. Everyone's already embraced it. I mean, what kind of polling have they done that they've got, how Democrats learned? Maybe they actually talk about, they're, they're referring to the, the Democrats like, not like you as a person who is a democrat not you the party but they mean the elites i also just enjoyed this line from the article i don't even know what it means this is this is just how retarded all information is if we are eliminating people because of how old they are he said i don't that i don't think that would be fair and equitable what about if someone can actually do something like, like if we had a guy who could actually fix all the problems because he was young and smart. Let's say there was a guy who could get on a plane tomorrow, talk to Putin, and Putin would leave Ukraine and apologize. He was that talented of a negotiator. Theoretical. Would you say, well, we need a. it's only fair to let old people work important jobs too. Well, what about the customers? What about us, the people that are supposed to be getting a product? What if there was a guy who, if we put him in charge of government, uh, could firstly convince Putin that he should leave. Uh, Then he could also convince Saudi Arabia just to send us oil here for free. Well, should we still keep uh, Biden in charge because it's only equitable to have old people who can't actually perform a task? I I mean, this is why people without legs should be on track teams. Short people should be able to play basketball. This stupidity. And that, that's in the New York Times. All right, let's take a, a couple comments, then we'll move on. We're cooking in this episode. What do we got going on here? Um, too hard for the radio podcast. Tucker is out at Fox. Yeah, I did I did just see that. And uh, that's why, you know, don't get shamans out of jail. You get shamans out of jail, they're coming for you. We actually talked about that at the top of the show. You got to show up at the beginning. Jeff Gordon's mom. Biden's corruption in Ukraine is more important than to focus on than his age. Uh, I agree with that. I would agree that that would be a more important uh, topic to focus on, but I feel that for the masses uh, who will never get an education and the news will never cover that, at a minimum we could all be like, yeah, but the emperor has no clothes. I mean, just look at it. Obviously, this guy is incompetent and incapable for the job, and so why am I being lied to uh, to pretend like this is a good idea? All right, let's continue. This was a video I saw of uh, Kamala Harris, and uh, we know how how insightful Kamala Harris can be on uh, really just any issue. Any issue you got, you think we don't have a solution for it? Well, And then this is also what's fun is, because uh, I don't know, if Biden leaves, what are they going to hand the torch to Kamala? So let's give this a watch. In less than three weeks, uh, Title 42 will expire, and already there is reports that there is thousands of migrants waiting at the border. We also have reports that the C V P one app is not working, and according to the U.S. customs, they are expecting at least 10,000 migrants every day at the border.
1: How are you getting ready for that? So, you probably know that under the prior administration, they essentially dismantled the system and broke it and we have been since we came in office attempting to fix it in a number of ways which includes more judges more personnel making sure that we secure the border but that we have also an immigration system that is fair and humane and when we think about the lifting of title 42 that priority is going to continue
0: I guess What's odd to me about people's uh, preferred choices in politician is an ignorance of reality and a preference for whoever can just lie to them. So the border's a disaster, and here I mean this is the, this is classic the way to handle it. Well, it's only a disaster because of Donald Trump, but we're doing everything we can. We acknowledge the problem and we're fixing it as fast as possible. But it's also the thing. Well, we're not only are we going to be able to fix it, but we're going to be able to fix it in a way that's fair is that everyone coming to the border, well, they get a fair chance and they get to feel good about themselves. And everyone that's here gets to feel good about themselves too. How about we live in reality where there's actual choices? There's consequences of the decisions. The philosophies that you have have certain outcomes. There's a cost benefit to everything. I don't know why uh, humanity accepts like from politicians when they just go, well, yeah, we're going to be able to spend the money, but there's not going to be the inflation. Yeah, government can handle that problem and there's going to be no consequences of it. I just feel like that's something that we have to educate the world on uh, is that there is a cost benefit relationship to everything. You can have a different philosophy, such as you can have the philosophy that there should be an open border and then try and cover up for the consequences of that. But it's like you should, like, we, we shouldn't be able to live in this space where you get to pretend like. It's just, it's going to be totally, magically, completely fine without any representation of how it might be magically fine. And then against all evidence that it's not magically fine, you just get to continue and go, well, we're going to get to that magical place. Uh, Fox to pay $787.5 million to settle Dominion lawsuit. Um, which is why, you know, maybe that's why they got rid of Tucker is because from now on everything needs to be bullshit. You're, you're going to turn on the news. You thought they were lying to you before they're going to be lying to you, but it's going to be on topics about like, uh, yeah, cake. (laughs) That's why that, that, that's what everyone's going to start covering. I need to create the legally identified podcast where I'll be the world's most conservative man, but everything will be, you got to be really careful these days. Because reporting on nothing might still get you in trouble. You know, they've done a good job of lying to us, but like with that much cash on the table of $787.5 million, like, I, all right, I, firstly, I got a lot of questions on this $787.5 million. Isn't that enough money that Fox would want to fight it? I mean, the idea is, so you were amplifying false claims. I mean, what did Fox actually do that would have looked so terrible if this had gone to trial? Or are your news anchors that dumb? Are they all like fucking Anchorman that if they don't have a thing right in front of them, they can't handle some questions from a prosecutor? Like if you actually put Sean Hannity up at a witness stand, you're telling me that that guy's such a dumbass that he can't actually handle himself? I would think you'd have some slick people that could probably handle some questions from a prosecutor. And you're telling me at $787 million settlement, it wasn't worth fighting for? And now it could be that the Fox people really overplayed their card. Because I would think that if the president or the president's lawyers are making insane claims about anything, you repeating their claims would not be something that you could sue for because it's newsworthy, because it's the claims of those individuals. Now I guess if you were to say our team actually validated those claims, well then maybe you would have some responsibility, but uh, like, can we, sue, can we sue Fox for the Iraq war? I mean they repeated the false claims of government in saying that they had uh, that they had nuclear weapons or can we sue CNN for uh, for all the false claims that have been made for Fauci? I mean think about how many people uh, stayed inside, wore masks, didn't go to send their kids to school. I mean is, is CNN responsible for all the missed education because they amplified the false claims made by government officials in regards to the response to COVID? I mean they helped solace that. So I would think in both situations they should be free and clear if, if, if your job is reporting the news even though that's i mean the cnn maybe even so with the with the other stuff they should have some responsibility because they have their own doctors like your gupta person who is selling it to you but if somebody's making a false claim and i'm repeating the false claim i'm not amplifying i mean maybe i'm bringing the false claim to it but the fact that someone's making a false claim is a newsworthy story which is also the inverse of what i was saying when uh when alex jones got in trouble that they were saying, Oh my God, look at how many people you hurt. Well, I was saying, well, if that's the case, there should probably be some responsibility on CNN for repeating it because they actually brought it to more people. So if you're going to do the news, you know, you got to stick to the basics and just go, here's what they're saying. And if true, and make sure that you never state an opinion in any capacity. All right, we're going to take a break from, uh, from a few of our news topics here, because I hand-selected two news stories that sometimes it's rare that you get people that actually break down the numbers really well on uh, an issue that we're dealing with, and in this case, it's going to be government lying to us about um, the ability for green energy and electric vehicles. And sometimes when people actually sit down and they forecast the numbers uh, in a way where it's really broken down, I do think that it's worth having that knowledge. So I hand selected two numbers. Uh, that we will be that we will read. And then I had one other topic, which is uh, John Fetterman overcoming depression and Bill Clinton uh, loves loves for trees because, you know, that's where he stashes. That's actually the entrance to, uh, to Epstein's Island. But before we get into all of this, I know you're out there. Economy's tightening up. You want to make yourself some more money. And that's why we've got none other than Bobby the bank here to join us Give us our monthly business tips. It's been a little while. Hold on one second. I got. I got to switch my uh, my headphones. But it's great to have you on, Mr. Bobby.
1: Thank you, sir. How's my audio? Oh.
0: What's up, bud? Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, I
0: don't know that I can hear you. Wait, I might have to make an adjustment here. Hold on. Hold on.
1: If I need to, I put this on.
0: There you go. What's going on? Is that is that your porch right there? That looks nice. Can you hear me okay then? Yeah, yes. yeah, I can. I can hear you. Are you outside on your deck?
1: Yeah, it's a nice day. Finally, it's been snowing here for the past six months, so it's finally blue skies. Hell yeah, dude! I figured I'd show the background because it's pretty sweet.
0: That looks beautiful, and you look like uh, the Zen man on top of the mountain with that little bun there.
1: I'm a samurai. I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> find my my Zen spot. I I just got back from San Antonio and we did a art of consciousness festival. Um, So still trying to do the good, good work of the Lord. What
0: was was the art of consciousness festival? What did, what did you learn? What, what goes down in an art of consciousness festival?
1: It was like kind of a lot of psychedelic art stuff, really good, pretty good music actually. And they did a podcast on the, positive benefits of mushrooms
0: <laughs> so nice
1: so uh, how, how how much hallucinogens did you take down there i didn't take any this time i've had I've, i feel like i've had enough over, over the course of my life i might do it again i'm sure when it you know calls to me but and i have some i could take right now i've just been uh taking a little break because you can do too much psychedelics it, it turns out <laughs>
0: <laughs> i agree i think uh to a point i mean i actually i've not done all that many uh hallucinogenics like i'm not that crazy with it yeah. uh and over the past three years i've had like a couple occasions where like i've eaten like a tiny bit of mushrooms because like i was out in a social setting and i was like oh you know what i just want to ride some good waves feel some goodness enjoy being sociable but i haven't i haven't taken upon myself to go in deep and uh Couple of years, actually.
1: Yeah, I was just talking. I just did a podcast with this guy Corey Sanhagen, who is a UFC fighter, and I shouldn't necessarily say this, but I, I think we'll keep it between you and I. But I and was asking
0: everyone you, listening.
1: <laughs> I'm just joking. But uh, he was like, he he kind of said he he didn't do them very often, but then like off the mic, he told me some other shit, and I was Hell like, oh yeah. Bro,
0: yeah he, so. the guy gets after it and good so he told you it off mike for you to repeat it on mike that's always a winning well, strategy exactly what he said, <laughs> um so robert manitou incline i i have not scheduled my summer porch tour dates yet i'm hoping to end the porch tour in colorado yeah. uh are we going to do it again i kind of don't want to run steps to train but i really want to do it again because it was fun
1: yeah it was. It's- good experience I'll let's definitely do it again for sure I need to I'm gonna I'm trying to train for a triathlon oh hell yeah when yeah.
0: uh I would do a triathlon when are you doing
1: it I haven't even I just saw this documentary about this guy the iron cowboy who did 50 Iron Man triathlons in 50 days in 50 states and it was really inspirational I, I just want to do a I could do an
0: Olympic I feel like uh I would need some training but yeah. I could do it. I think I I've done an Olympic once. I mean, it was ten years ago. I was a much younger man, um. And you know what? I, I here's the problem with with the tr- with the training for these things. It's um, I guess at this point I'm competitive with my stand up and podcasting, and it's hard to add other things. And yeah. when you're training for events, you definitely will push past the just at the moment I try and exercise every day to stay healthy. And cause it's like good for anxiety. Cause if not, I'm a fucking just crazy person. But if you're like really training for something, you, you end up, you're definitely pushing past that level of exercise of yeah. just like maintaining, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Then you're at the point of exhaustion. I was going to say it complements each other and you know, Joe Rogan does it, but yeah, he's probably not training for, you know, triathlons and, that sort he just he's does also
0: he's also got the the roids the perfect nutrition like yeah. he's he's definitely doing it right you know
1: but uh, three g1 no
0: i'm not taking i'm I'm all natural have you ever do you bike or swim because that's usually the like like actually for me that's the easier ones but for most people if they're first getting into uh triathlons like some people like want to get into it but they've literally never swam so it's like that's usually what kills them
1: yeah, I don't bike or swim, so that might be a problem. I actually am the one that likes running. I would love to just run, not. But then my ankle and my Achilles are fucked. Right. So I I just ran like a a mile earlier, and like my shit's all sore already. So I don't. I, they say just push through it, and you know people do these things. I don't injured. love that. Yeah, I'm not – I don't
0: know. <laughs> my my experience with pushing through is uh, just more injury. Like, I actually – I would say my first uh, – I mean, most of my, like, 20 to 30 – I'm not even, like, a big fitness guy, but, like, between the ages of 20 and 32, every type of fitness I ever picked up, I overdid it until I was injured. And the pushing through thing, it literally just doesn't work. I mean, it's not – I like, I, I would, I would be skeptical of anyone's proof or evidence of it. Like if you're pushing through pain to like do it, yeah. Like you can ignore it and go run your marathon, but like at some point you're going to have to rest up and heal. So like, if you're not a professional athlete, I don't think it's a winning, like, I don't think it's a winning policy to be trying to like push, like, what is it? Where does it actually get you? You know what I mean? Yeah
1: definitely not sustainable and yeah. you're going to have to pay the price at some point in time. And it's probably going to be worse down the line. So you might want to listen to your body, but we're stubborn. Sometimes <laughs> you said, like you said, you push through it. I used to do that as a youth. Now I'm in my middle or age range, and I've learned a couple of things along the way and pushing through it. Just like you said, it, it leads to more injuries, so I'm not into it, but it is good to stay physically fit, obviously, and you want to, but I work, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll work around it. I can do elliptical, I can do other like machines where it's not putting the pressure on those joints. I did do an ice bath this weekend. I did 10 minutes, but I don't even know the benefits of that. Everybody's doing ice baths every, and so I've been doing it, and I'm like, why am I even doing this? <laughs>
0: you see you've become ultra zen you're you're past the you've graduated from ice baths and mushrooms so i uh, listen before we get into the business tips i want to know what, what are the new products what are the new firstly when's the uh run your mouth sheath hat going to be available for uh select individuals
1: i just sent you a box of them uh to gas digital so Hell they yeah i'll be in there. this week awesome yeah okay they're those orange trucker hats they're pretty sexy actually I like at them. first at first i was a little Un- unsure about it, but I put it on and kind of just adjusted the back so it didn't look so dorky. And I was like, okay, this doesn't look bad. Um, those are not for sale. We don't really have any hats for sale, but with the newest items are the new Cowboy Cerrone pair yeah it's pretty sweet it's a it's the long eight uh inch leg version and it's like a neon cowboy not neon cowboy
0: i bet that's really good for bike riding
1: it is pretty sweet they have this like monster green kind of uh camo camouflage thing going on but it's like black gray and the monster green then we have black gray and red he actually liked the red i liked the green so we made both of them hell yeah um, they're selling. Those are those are the new hot ticket items. We just had a guy on Instagram. He put put them on. Then he put a diamond cup over his balls. Oh, I saw
0: this. And then he had his girlfriend punch him in the nuts.
1: Yeah. And I've heard so many UFC fighters do that because the pouch for sheath keeps your balls in place. Oh, okay. You put, put the cup over the underwear, which they do anyways. I heard. Right. And so your your nuts are really tucked under that cup. So when you do get punched, there's no pinching,
0: smart. yeah, cause otherwise the the fabrics and uh, that makes sense. All right. So yeah. uh, Robert, you're building a successful business, getting people the greatest underwear that's ever graced, the balls of man, forging ahead with new underwear technologies that were previously unknown to man. so, what do you got for us? I feel like, uh, I don't know that we missed a month, but we're definitely off cycle because usually we do it at the top of the month. I guess it took us a little while. Um, my recording schedule got a little chaotic. So what do you got for us? What's the the big business tip for uh, growing your business this summer?
1: Oh, uh, well, I mean, I, I'll come on anytime. Y'all come on every day <laughs> if you want me to. But also, I, I mean, I've been working on a lot of self-improvement personally. I've been going to a speech course where it's called Toastmasters and you work on your public speaking because you got to get the word out there. And you can't be a fumbling idiot. You need to be able to tell your story concisely with like some passion and round it off with a nice charismatic, poignant like uh, message. Right. And so I'm, pra- I'm practicing myself on public speaking so that I can continue to get the word out there. And I've been doing podcasts for years. Check out the Robert Patton Global Podcast. Pretty good. I just had a really great one with uh, one of the guys from this group that I'm going to uh, you know, practice public speaking. And he fucking murdered it. <laughs> He's telling these stories about how he developed his spiritual uh, just development and doing his meditations, but the way he was describing his experiences or these stories of meditation was captivating. And that's kind of where I want to get as an individual and in my storytelling ability. But for, you know, so for you individuals out there, you ha- I mean, obviously you have to have a product and, you know, your customers and don't uh, don't buy the website first maybe buy the website first, but I I started a business not too long ago with a group of like, it was a doctor, a lawyer and another executive level businessman. And, um, they were so hell bent on paying a pretty high amount for this website address. And we bought the website address after my, me like trying to tell them it doesn't matter. Like, don't worry about that. That's not the important thing yet. Let's get the product. Let's get the customers and then the website is easy but we spent all this money on this website and then the, the we never even got the product you know so when it never started so we we just wasted a bunch of money on the website
0: all right so I, let's give the practical advice which i'm going to say step up your game that's the that's robert april advice step up your game if you see flaws in your game go out there and address them so in your case um what is that you got a you got a bee that just landed on your nuts
1: yeah it's a fly
0: Oh okay. That's not it looked, bad. It's, it's only a John- fly. No, but that that's the way to do it. You actually you took the initiative. You went, "Hey, I think I got to step up my public speaking." And then you did your research. You found the Toastmasters people, and now you're uh you're stepping up your game.
1: It's kind of like stand-up comedy in a way because you got to get up in front of these people and talk and tell I try to inject my humor into the my speeches when I've given them and and it's it's going pretty well so far. I've been doing it for about two months, but it's not necessarily a principle of success, but kind of you know self uh, help, self development, and that and then everything stems from there. Your company is pro- as good as you are, type thing. You know what I mean? Like hell so. yeah!
0: And with all that mountain air that you could just sit there and absorb nature right from your very backyard. That's the good vibes you're putting into your underwear brand. One day, Robert, I hope to have a porch with as nice of a view as what you got. I feel like I'd be a more, uh, uh, I'd have more Robert Zenness to me.
1: We could probably do the porch tour here, but we'd need to do a little bit more scouting. It'd be like in my driveway, you know? <laughs> so.
0: I think uh, I think we, we, we probably got a Colorado porch uh, locked down, but who knows? Maybe we'll grow it so wide and large that we're actually selling out events and we got to do multiple porches in single, uh, in single areas.
1: That would be, that's the, that's the direction we're headed. Hell
0: yeah. Well, I'm on, I'm on the Bobby vision board. So great things are coming my way.
1: I you, you, you got a little bit of magic and I'll, I'll, I'm sharing it with you. So thanks for having me on Robbie. Absolutely. Robbie.
0: And uh promo code RYM, you get 20% off. And this is the season of sheath. Although my single favorite product is the long johns. Yeah, and absolutely. if you're, Active in the winter. I mean, those are a game changer, particularly for skiing. You don't need anything else. You just put that under your waterproof pants, or golden, or if you're bike riding, whatever the hell you're doing in the winter. Those are I was never a long john guy. Those are those are the most comfortable. It feels like you're literally wearing nothing. (sighs) But summer months, if you're an exercise person and you're outdoors, it can be brutal if you're in your shitty fucking cotton underwear soaking up your asshole. There's a simple solution. And at sheathunderwear.com, you're going to end that swamp ass. You're going to end that nut that's sticking to your legs. You're going to be comfortable, even in the hottest of situations, backed by Robert, who had to serve in Iraq with sticky, stinky nuts, with fucking chafed up legs, that he said, you know what? I might have had to serve my country in ways that I wish I hadn't, but at least I came home with an idea to create the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man
1: yeah thank you we got so it. much we and gotta, we did, got, we, we we gotta do the Bobby the
0: Bang comic book about you being in Iraq and hero. you're not stuck to your legs yeah and realizing like having the vision like seeing you know I don't know seeing a vision of, of better underwear
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it's like uh, Magneto or whatever the ones that use their Magneto they use their mind to create illusions and shit but this <laughs> turned into reality um we did do a poll, which was interesting about like why people use sheath and cause we always, we sponsor these MMA fighters and, um, you know, extreme athletes and stuff. But The poll one for everyday comfort, you know, everyday comfort one in the poll as the reason why people wear sheath. So you don't have to be a gym enthusiast. It could be a big fatty. In fact, <laughs> They're probably better for you because your thighs are rubbing together. Your balls are stuck between your thighs. They're getting all smashed up. It's a big mess down there. You get the pouch. It isolates (laughs) it. It keeps popping legs. And you get a nice – this fabric is so soft, and you're just, like, gliding through your day.
0: There you go. Glide through your day. Sheathunderwear.com. I'm going to write that into copy. Robert, always a pleasure. I'm going to hop back into uh, um, these – items that i found fresh in the news which is the first is from the wall street journal this was in the opinion section and i believe that this is um highly worthwhile for uh all the uh listeners of this show so, going to read a couple paragraphs cuz I think it's worth knowing this information. Biden and media are EV grifters. Subsidizing somebody to use an electric car is a subsidy to consume energy period to drive more, to live in a bigger house, to crank the air conditioner higher. The electricity to charge the car has to come from somewhere. The minerals for the battery don't spring from the ground. If government pays you to use less fossil fuel, it's paying someone else to use more. It's interesting. I had never thought of that. And all the anti uh, EV arguments that I'd come across, this was not one that I'd considered. It's a little bit of a broken windows fallacy. That one, if I give you $7,500 that you can go buy yourself an electric vehicle, you're probably now have $7,500 to go consume more. So you're probably not going to end up saving electricity that year. You might take a vacation. All right. Well, now that's the plane fuel. You might actually even get yourself a second car and still hold on to your gas car. Or if let's just assume that there aren't laws that we all have to get electric vehicles. So if you're using an electric vehicle, other people start using electric vehicles and there's less demand for gas, you're actually going to subsidize other people to consume more gas. So they might actually travel even more. And so you're not going to end up with actually any reduction in gas whatsoever. Hadn't thought of that. Very interesting. Let's continue. But the funny thing is, even if sophisticated economics are lost on you, you still wouldn't subsidize electric calls for consumers based simply on the numbers. Transportation may be 20% of emissions, but cars and vam- vans represent only 8%, and 72% of these, are, of these are personal vehicles, which means they sit idle most of the time. Going by the US and European averages, commercial vehicles rack up four times the annual mileage. Global society's personal vehicles may be a majority of cars, but they account for a minority of light vehicle emissions, about 39% or 3% of total emissions. All right, let's just go with the last number. But they account for a minority of light vehicle emissions, about 39% or 3% of total emissions. So in other words, even if we got every consumer to switch to an electric vehicle, if we're not also switching over commercial, which might even include cabs, uh, and I guess certainly includes cars. We're still not looking at a large reduction in transportation emissions, which even so is only 20% of emissions. And then let's further look at what a full reduction of getting every American driver onto a electric vehicle would actually do. And of course, the Biden plan affects only the U.S. with 12% of the global feat. So 0.36% and swapping out a gasoline engine for battery eliminates only half at best of lifetime emissions. So 0.18%. I could go on. When all factors are considered such as shrinking US share of global emissions, such as the slow turnover of the US auto fleet, the climate effect of the extravagantly expensive Biden plan will steadily approach zero as time goes on even without counting the signal to others to consume the fossil fuels that EV drivers allow to be available at lower prices. Pretty incredible, right? I mean, you look at, hey, if we went completely carbon-free, America went completely fucking carbon-free, and China and India were still going at it, you're not looking at uh, that fantastic of a reduction. And then you look fine. So if you try and just go after vehicles, how much of an improvement will be made? Well, what percentage of vehicle emissions are even coming from people that have their cars sitting in their driveway? Oh, it's a tiny, tiny, meaningless percentage. And even if you achieve more people going to the electric vehicles, they're just going to spend more money, consume more. Other people are going to consume more gas. So essentially, it's a lot of work to do nothing. There you go. That's that's your great central planners at work for you. And then this is from um, uh, William Engdahl. Now I got to be honest, William Engdahl, you gotta you gotta fact check the guy. I've read a bunch of his books. I think he's fascinating. I think like th- the bigger picture and themes are uh, always correct. Sometimes you read an article that's out there. And so I find he's a very good guiding light, and that I'm not like, I'm not going to say that I've ever read something and gone, hey, that's wrong. But before I would repeat the information or take it as factual, I would seek to validate it in other places. As a warning, guys, absolutely brilliant. I've gotten a lot of really good information from him. I re- he only puts out a blog about once a month and uh, I, I do read it every month. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things there. His books are worthwhile reads. I've only read two of them. I, I got to go read the others because uh, of how insightful he is. And some of the things you read from him, you're like, that's got to be c- conspiracy. Like I remember reading about Kissinger in one of his books and I'd be like, ah, oh, come on. There's not a guy that th- that's this evil, has a philosophy of real politic. And then you go find out. Yeah, that's common knowledge. All right clean green energy one of the most remarkable aspects of the fraudulent global hype for so-called clean renewable green energy solar and wind is how non-renewable and environmentally dirty it actually is almost no attention goes to the staggering environmental costs that go into making the mammoth wind towers or solar panels or ev lithium ion ion batteries the grave omission is deliberate This is something that i've talked about before let's say you end up in a world where they go hey you need carbon credits for consumption well they're only going to like count certain things towards actually using your carbon credits they're going to go like oh well if you built a windmill everything that goes into building the windmill is going to be a reduction so all of that process isn't going to count but then you when you're consuming it's going to count So the game is going to be, what activities can I do, almost like the way tax deductions work. It's going to be like, what activities can I do that don't count towards the carbon credits? And it's going to be something that supposedly reduces carbon credits. So in this case, whenever they evaluate how effective green energy is of being better for the environment, it's because they discount a lot of the activities of the production cost to get things started. And in my opinion, with the electric vehicles, probably overstating um, how long the cars will remain on the road and how long you might have been able to keep um, your regular car for and the, the, and the fact that parts might be more recyclable. With that being said, another thing I never validate, but I've seen like pictures of line of like decommissioned like scooters. That are electric scooters that they can't even put in fucking wind windmills or wind uh, whatever because they'll blow up. So they're just fucking out in fields. All right, let's continue. Solar panels and giant wind power arrays require huge amounts of raw materials. A standard engineering evaluation between renewable solar and wind versus present nuclear gas or coal electricity production would begin by comparing bulk materials used such as concrete, steel, aluminum, copper, consumed per production of tera uh, hour of electricity. Wind consumes 5,931 tons of bulk material per uh, TWH and solar 2,441 tons, but many times higher than coal gas or nuclear. Building a single wind turbine requires 900 tons of steel 2500 tons of concrete and 45 tons of non-recyclable plastic solar power farms require even more cement steel and glass not to mention other metals keep in mind the energy efficiency of wind and solar is dramatically lower than for conventional electricity A recent study by the Institute of Sustainable Futures details the impossible demands of mining for not only EV vehicles, but in addition, for 100% renewable electric power, mainly solar and wind farms. The report notes that the raw materials to make solar PV panels or windmills are concentrated in a smaller amount of countries, China, Australia, DR, Congo, blah, blah, blah. Then they go on to saying how all of these parts are actually made in China. Um, Here, I'm going to read one more paragraph, jumping ahead a little bit rare earth metals, minings, and refining is essential for the zero carbon transition in batteries, windmills, and solar panels. According to one report by energy specialist Paul Dreesen, most of the world's rare earths are, ores are uh, extracted near Inner Magnolia by pumping acid into the ground, then processing using more acids and chemicals, producing one tear of rare earth metals releases up to 420,000 cubic feet of toxic gases, 2,000 cubic feet of acidic wastewater, and a ton of radioactive waste. The resulting black sludge is piped into foul, life-laced lake. Numerous people suffer from severe skin and respiratory diseases. Children are born with soft bones and cancer rates have soared. The USA also sends most of its rare earth ores to China for processing since it shut down domestic processing during the Clinton presidency. I don't know that I needed to read that paragraph. I don't know why I picked that one. You guys can go read the article. It's up on his website. Uh, Like I said, it's just interesting to me when people put actual numbers in. Now, I guess in this case, I don't know how much numbers of concrete it goes into producing coal and iron. Um, Actually, that would be a worthwhile study. You know, we'll get there. All right. I'm tiring myself out. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. We came at you guys with some real information, but let's close it out. John Fetterman encourages people to seek help for depression. You can get better. And of course, isn't this just more depressed people? Because John Fetterman's here with a positive attitude that if you have a job where your employer doesn't care if you do or don't show up to the job and they'll pay for the best treatment and then everyone else in your life will pretend like it's okay that you lied to them about doing a job that you're unable to do, then yes, you can overcome your depression too. So basically, John Fetterman's trying to let you know that get good at lying now so that maybe you can lie yourself into position where they'll allow you to not really even show up for work. Uh, And then this is actually from the article. He goes, Let people know if anyone has any of these feelings, there's a path and you can get better. But then he doesn't tell you the path. I mean, what do they do? They lobotomize you? Are they giving you uh, fentanyl? I mean, what are they doing to make you feel good? And if you've got the magic secret and you want to empower people, why wouldn't you share your secret with us, John Fetterman? All right, that's our episode. We'll save Clinton's tree loving for another episode. I hope everyone enjoyed. I hope you guys learned as much as I did. And uh, if you want to sponsor my trip down to wherever that city was for cake, you know, hit me up about a thousand dollars. You guys can watch me eat cake. And I'll tell you, I'll, 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 well, no, I'll probably have some, uh, it, there's a lot of butter in that cake too. So, you know, we could we can make a, a whole day out of it. You guys get what I'm saying. The episode's over. I hope you guys enjoyed. Have a great day. We'll be back on Wednesday where I've got a special guest appearance discussing, legislation coming from New York City that's going to drive up everybody's costs in forcing them to adopt electric products over gas products. Stay tuned. Coming at you.